with our very special guest star, Mr. Zero Mustel. Welcome, frogs and bears, to Geek Salad episode 60, Pigs in Space. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And we are here tonight to talk all about the Muppets. Our, yay! Our favorite yay. felty friend. Yay! <laughs> uh, our favorite felty friends from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, and beyond. Yes. I, I do. I do want to just throw in there yeah. that uh, Waldorf and Statler are my uncle and my father. They are. <laughs> oh my god, they are. I never even thought of that. They are. All you gotta do is put like a, a beard on Waldorf or a Statler rather, and you got your dad to a T. You know they're named after the hotels in New York. Yeah. No. Yes. Wow. In yes. fact, do you know what, uh, I think it was Statler's wife's name was? Astoria. Yep. Astoria? Oh, God. As Waldorf Astoria. Yep. <laughs> so we're going to be running down all the stuff for the Muppets, but before we do that, let's get to Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. Where uh, he writes, Hello, Geek Salad. And by the way, I just want to preface this with that, Chris, you did an awesome job getting to this in the short time period we gave you. Yeah. I got an email from Chris today saying, Hey, um, I'll have your Muppet uh, summary up in about two days. I'm, I, and I'm like, I'm sorry for the short notice. My new work schedule is a little weird. We're recording tonight. Eight o'clock tonight. Actually, um... That is that is completely wrong. It's not even Thursday yet. So twelve forty seven a.m. on Thursday. Wow, the future. <laughs> so anyway, <I'm> Marty. <laughs> uh, Chris writes, "Hello, Geek Salad. The Muppets have entertained us for more than forty years. The countless TV shows, movies, holiday specials, theme park rides, and more dedicated to those lovable creatures are too many to mention here. Instead of writing this." Uh, 10,000 word email about how great the Muppets are. I will just ask some questions about them. Are you ready? Here we go. Mike, you want to read the questions? Okay. Who is your favorite main Muppet? I.e. Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, etc. Chris writes, mine is Kermit. I've always loved his humor on Sesame Street. The Sesame Street news segments were hilarious. Great singer too. Rainbow Connection is proof of that. Number two. Who is your favorite secondary Muppet? Mine is a tie between Sattler and Waldorf and the Muppets News Flash Reporter. Sattler and Waldorf were comic gold, especially at the closing segments of the Muppet Show. The reporter just had rotten luck and was always funny. Number three, who is your favorite non-Muppet Show Muppet? Why don't you take that? Uh, mine is Uncle Traveling Matt from Fraggle Rock. I loved his misadventures in outer space with the silly creatures. Number four, what what is your favorite TV show where the Muppets are featured? I just got you with food in your mouth, didn't I? No, it's totally fine. All right. Muppet Show, of course. 
Some would think this is the only answer, but there was Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, Muppet Babies, Muppets Tonight, etc. <laughs> Alright. Uh, number six. What is your favorite Muppet Holidays movie slash special? Well, I, I actually, I'm in complete agreement with this. This is, uh, Mine is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. The, mu- the music in this movie was great. I got my two-year-old daughter into the DVD this past Christmas, and she sang some of the songs for herself in the crib. So cute. Got this Excellent. one. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, it's quite right. Uh, sorry, number five. What is your favorite movie where Muppets are featured? Mine is Labyrinth. Who could not love David Bowie? Basically dressed like a Muppet. Remember the Bog of Eternal Stench? I remember the most mostly from uh, the from Labyrinth. David Bowie's codpiece. <laughs> I thought they were dance. It was a dance belt. Oh, it was a dance belt. Sorry. Read <laughs> <Remember> that one. <laughs> Bowie. If you could be any Muppet, who would it be, and why? Yeah, why don't you take the answer? Yeah, no problem. I would be Ralph. This is my answer. This is yeah. exactly what I would have said. I think he was just so cool. Piano player, doctor, overall nice guy, dog, Muppet, etc. <laughs> you know, I'd have to probably say the Manamana guy. Yeah? I, I don't know. I don't know if he's a caveman or if he's a hippie or if he's like a prospector or something, but he had cool shades. I was uh, like Zoot. I just thought Zoot was pretty cool. Yeah, well. Until the meaning of Zoot, you know, <laughs> as I became an adult, became much more apparent. And Zoot. I haven't seen Zoot in years. Not since he was picked up in Tokyo with 37 pounds of hash in his bag. As a child, I thought it was awesome. I would be Dr. Teeth because I really just want to smell like a sponge soaked in rum. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with Ralph because he was just so cool and laid back. All right. Well, a couple for Ralph. That's not too bad. Nobody for Crazy Harry? I'm amazed that they actually feature Crazy Harry in the new movie. Oh, he was you know brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant, but he's got like that little, that little PLO jacket on. <laughs> so what? Get the infidels! <laughs> <laughs> actually, Toy Fair Theater had this thing where they were doing a behind-the-scenes in the Muppet Theater, and they had Statler and Waldorf making some comments, and then uh, they show Crazy Harry with a gun shooting Statler in the back of the head with six separate terrorists! <laughs> You know, I think most of the time I'm Ralph, but I think on occasion I am Crazy Harry. Could be. You could be. I mean, there, there are times I'm Kermit there. Sometimes I'm Fozzie. Animal! There is never a time when I am Animal. I'm amazed. What about Dr. Bunsen Honeydew? <laughs> what about Beaker? <laughs> well, that goes without saying. Now, have you ever noticed, though, how they've been really relying on him for all their uh, little YouTube videos? Anytime they have to sing a song, they get Beaker to sing it. Yes. Well, he doesn't have to match up the words. He can just me 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 me. No, that's true. I mean, I heard. I must have heard the Muppets Bohemian Rhapsody at least four times this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he definitely uh, won a point with me when he um, gave Mr. Scrooge the finger in a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> that's right. He did do that. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my god. And I put that on the list of lesser movies. Hmm. Really? That's one of my favorite movies. All right. Well, Andy. Andy. Yeah. It takes place in England. How the hell is that one of your lesser movies? <laughs> well, we'll get into that. So, first of all, let's talk about the Muppet Show. I mean, we all have memories the of the classic. Muppet Show, right? Of course. Mike, you want to say who the first host of the Muppet Show was? It was a wonderful dancer named Juliet Prowse. It's the Muppet Show with our very special guest star, Miss Juliet Prowse. 
Yeah, I actually had to, like, I was watching The Muppets not too long ago, and I'm like, who the hell is Juliet Prowse? I had to Wikipedia her name. I did the same thing. And what was the very first sketch? Apparently, Juliet Prowse was a dancer who was married to Sir Lawrence Olivier at one point. Good uh, for her. Do you think she smoked? Uh, probably a lot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the that's question ba- is what she smoked. <laughs> well, it could have been anything. Probably just tobacco. That was back in the days, though, when they would give um, the host like a Muppet version of themselves afterwards. Yeah. Then they realized just how much money that cost to make, and they decided to just screw that after. I think Candace Bergen, and then nobody else. So, <laughs> hey, we're sorry, uh, Marty Feldman. You don't get one. <laughs> sorry, oh, Dom, sorry, Dom DeLuise. Not enough stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> Still working on the Dom puppet. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for it. I was going to stuck peanut butter in it and eat it. What the hell happened to all the couch cushions in the studio? <laughs> Sorry, Milton Burl, The pants aren't long enough. Oh, God. Oh. oh. God. What are your favorite sketches? Anyone remember any like, really, like, ones that really stick out? Yes. Yes. My favorite sketch of all time was it was just an old lady on the stage being... Uh, constricted by a large snake screaming, let me go. She was there for like five seconds. They made fun of her and then pulled her off with the cane. <laughs> to this day, I, I still pee myself every time I see it. I, I'd have to say sweet, anything with a Swedish chef was oh, 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 oh That's brilliant. Just gold. It was just gold. And the fact that he had human hands, he had Frank Oz's hands, Jim Henson's voice involved. Mm-hmm. And they were always, from what I understand, they... They always they, they had an, a basic idea of what they were going to do, but most of it was just ad libbed. Today, the Swedish chef will prepare spring chicken. Utensils or you know yeah. whatever they, it was just all fantastic. Probably one of my favorite Swedish chef ones was where he's trying to make like roast chicken or something. So he's after the chicken with a with a hatchet, yeah, or a, a cleaver. <laughs> yeah, and then so he changes it off the stage, and later on the show, the, the chicken changes it back and back. You know, actually, my favorite one was he's cooking lobsters, <laughs> and then a bunch of lobsters and sombreros showed up with guns. <laughs> they, they saved them. They're like, and of course, this is before you know we were PC. They're like, okay, gringo, get in the pot. <laughs> so they make them get in the boiling pot. And of course, the lobsters are Mexican band. They have like black curly mustaches. <laughs> oh, racism uh, in the Muppets! It was great. One of my favorites was when Dudley Moore was hosting and. He had gone crazy, and the entire sketch was essentially these little cute, fluffy, singing rabbits. But he, like, burst his way on stage and just started, like, strangling them and throwing oh, them across. That. Yeah, Yes, I remember like, that beating one. the shit out of all these rabbits. And I just, to this day, still think it's gangbusters. <laughs> I, I always love... Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the, um, uh, the Muppet uh, doctor's office. 
Oh, um... The veterinary. Yeah, veterinary clinic. Oh, yeah. veterinary hospital. Yeah. With Dr. Bob. But I love it when they're always like interacting with the voiceover narration. Oh, yeah. Oh. Every time they say, tune in next time, and everyone's like, just startled and starts looking <laughs> look up. Around. Yeah. yeah, and it, that really makes up for the corny jokes. Yes. Oh, because there's a lot of corny yeah. jokes. Well, you know what was interesting, too, with the first few episodes... Miss Piggy wasn't a main character. She no. was a background no. character. Not only that, she had a completely different voice. Yeah. And a look. Yeah. Her hair, her hair was straight, and her nose was much bigger. And her eyes were different, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, any other skits you guys really remember? I, I do remember Muppets when Ethel Merman... Oh, Mupp- oh, Pigs in Space yeah, was Pigs awesome. Pigs in Space. Pigs in Space. Um, I when... like that well, Mark Hamill... Went, I mean, when I oh, saw yeah. that for yeah. the first time... I mean, I watch it now as an adult, I'm like, my God, this is horrible. But... As a kid, it was the best. You had 3PO, you had R2, you had Chewy. Pigs in space! The last time we saw the spaceship Swine Trek, we hoped it would be the last time. But it's back. 3PO, activate the navicomputer. Yeah! I'm not awfully keen on this spaceship, Master Luke. It's so messy. Cakes, half-eaten sandwiches. Oh, will you stop? You don't hear R2 complaining, do you? <laughs> yes, I do. He just said it's like a pigsty. Hey, what's going on here? I'm Captain Link Hogthrob, and this is my spaceship. That explains everything. Hmm? Why don't you let me explain? I'm Luke Skywalker. My friends and I have just borrowed your spaceship so we can rescue our friend, Chewbacca the Wookiee. Hmm? Oh, it's Luke Skywalker. Oh, one of the heavenly bodies. I'll uh, change. Now, is there anything else you'd like to know? Yes, I have one very important question I'd like to ask you. What's that? Who's your tailor? I love that outfit. Darth Gonzo. And then they Darth oh, yeah. No, he was, uh... Oh, Darth Nader. Darth Nader, yeah. Darth Nader. And he's just like, no one can tell who I am! And then he, like, turns around and you see yeah, the, the nose. nose. Yeah. It's classic. Uh, one it's of our listeners, I, I asked our listeners who they liked the most, and it, with the short notice, we really didn't get much, but one listener, Allie, was like, Gonzo forever. Yeah. And, yeah, sometimes the stunt stuff got a little too much, but stuff like that, the Darth Nader stuff, is is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And he uh, was the sex addict of the group, too, from what I understand. Well, I mean, he was the chicken fucker well, of the group. Without nose, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Love his life was a chicken. I Actually, about that. I heard about this th- this thing on this podcast that, that hasn't come up with a new episode in almost a year called Chicken Fried Radio. And a few years ago, uh, two of their hosts who were married were talking about this toy that they had gotten at the woman Abby's uh, bachelorette party. And it, it was a dildo, and it had it was kind of curved and purplish. And so she, the way she tells the story is that she was she was at the sink washing some dishes, and her husband Christian takes the thing, puts it up to his nose, and says, "Hey Kermit, you'll never guess where I was last night." <laughs> I think we just passed the NC-17. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are going to make damn sure we use that you know, explicit label. I, I don't know if it's like the, the, the juvenile in me, but mm-hmm. as soon as you told me about this, you know, the idea for this episode, I immediately thought of, like, all the disgusting Muppet jokes that I'd heard as a kid. Like, oh. You know, what's long and green and smells like Miss Piggy. 
Kermit's finger. (laughs) (laughs) See, and this is the reason why uh, the Henson Company will not release these things as actual working puppets. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You can buy dolls, you can buy toys, you can't buy puppets anymore. Because thanks to YouTube, y'all fucked it up. (laughs) Hey ho! God, I just mine just went some terrible places. Um, yeah, I, I gotta say, I love John Cleese as the host. Oh yes, he spent the entire episode trying to be just like trying to be just like a member of the audience, just trying to enjoy the show, and they kept forcing him to be in the sketches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, here is our very special guest star to sing "To Dream the Impossible Dream." Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Cleese. Could I speak to you, please? Uh, yeah, what is it, John? What's going on? Oh, uh, well, nothing. You just missed your cue, that's all. What? See, that was an eight-bar intro, and then you're supposed to sing To Dream the Impossible Dream, you know, like that. You can't be serious. Uh, yeah. Kermit, I don't do old show tunes. Oh, oh well, I, I, I'm sorry. That, that, that's our mistake. I, I'm sorry. We just got confused. Uh, I, we'll just uh, take it out. Uh, curtains! <laughs> Yeah, there was far too many episodes for us to really kind of run down what the best ones are. And it, a lot of it worked. A lot of it didn't work. There was, yeah. you know, but but for the most part, I mean, we'll always love that series. Yeah. I don't think you can duplicate it. Oh, no. no I really no, don't no, think you no. can duplicate it. You can't it. bring it back. No. That, another little piece of interesting trivia that I that I kind of looked into today is that the, the song, the opening song, yep. was also the closing song. Right. Never changed. What did change was the sequence of events that happened during the song. Mm, yeah. So each 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 uh, each season, yeah. they tweaked it a little bit. Yeah. Huh. I've never noticed that before. Yeah, I'm I, gonna have to go I, back I, and Yeah, if you that. look at yeah, the first I, season, like dun, 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 it's just a couple guys in yeah. barbershop quartet hats. The next year, they have they bring a, out the mobsters, they bring out the and, mobsters the, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then eventually, they open up the curtain and it's like the big oh yeah. When they had Fozzie trying to tell a joke, and oh, yeah. eventually it was Statler and Waldorf, you know, doing their little, oh, God, it's worse than suicide, you know, like. <laughs> I love Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, obviously they ended with Gonzo. Yeah. With, yeah, the, yeah. with the trumpet. Yeah, with his off-key, whatever yeah. he was doing. Yeah. Or he hits a gong and it explodes. Oh, that yeah. Was, no, that oh, was season right. one. That was oh, the first right. season he hit the gong. And, uh, and then the end, yeah. Zoot. Oh, yeah. He would he would hit that last note in the horn and then look into the saxophone. Right, right. Yep. Well, that's because he was taking heroin. Well, exactly. <laughs> he just tried to figure out if the stash went there. His name was Zoot. <laughs> I know. We know. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So, moving on. Rhymes with toot. Actually, <laughs> if we want to have we have a really good uh, little transition here, moving right along. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Nice. Thank you. The Muppet Movie. This is one of the first movies I really remember going to in the theater. Yeah. I love this movie. Um, oh, well, everybody loves I mean, this yeah, movie. I mean, the way it just starts off with the, the Rainbow Connection. One of my all-time favorite movie songs oh, ever. Yeah. You can't hear that song and not, not love it. Yeah. Who said that every wish would be heard and answered? When wished on the morning star Somebody thought of that And someone believed it Look what it's done so far 
what's so amazing that keeps us stargazing? And what do we think we might see? Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. All of us under its spell, we know that it's probably magic. I mean, I we used to sing it to Scarlet to get her to sleep when she was a baby. Now, when we, it plays on her playlist, she sings along with it. Nice. And when we went to go see the new Muppet movie last weekend, she started, I know this song. It, it's kind of become the theme song for the Jim Henson Company. It is. It is. It's a, it's a great song. You know who wrote that song, though? Who? Paul. Uh, go ahead. Uh, who Alice is? Cooper. No. Oh, I wish. That would have been awesome. Paul Lemmy. Williams. Lemmy. <laughs> no. Actually, Lemmy would make a really terrifying Muppet, though, because he'd sing, but they'd have the mole sing as well. Yeah, mole would be <laughs> Uh, no, Paul Williams, the diminutive guy who was all over the uh, all over the seventies. You mean Andy Warhol's rump swab? <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Andy Warhol created that. We we talked about the Muppet movie a little bit when we reviewed the the new Muppet movie, right. but oh, there's so much good stuff in here. A great way of introducing all the characters. But it's also a really really freaky movie. Oh, it is. Mel Brooks as well, got- that, as the guy who's trying to. Oh, the Nazi scientist? Yeah. <laughs> you had him. You had uh, Steve Martin in, I think, the best cameo oh, out yeah. of everybody in there with the, uh, the completely disaffected waiter. <laughs> Would you like to smell the bottle cap? <laughs> Bring him a bottle of champagne. <laughs> and uh, two straws, please. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> uh, who else was in that? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a who's who of... People yeah. that were on their way to death anyway. Uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> Milton Berle was in there. He still yeah. would give us 20 more years before he cast. Yeah. Did it... Madam show up? Uh, no. Well and Fla- no, I don't think they would have showed like Well and Flowers and Madam. But no. they might have been on the show. Mm. Wasn't Dom DeLuise in that one? Ah, yes. He was at the very beginning. He was the yeah. first cameo. He was the guy getting chased he... by the alligator. Yeah. But my favorite cameo of all in this movie, though, Orson Welles. Drunk on Julio Gallo, <laughs> sitting there. Hello, my little green friend. Are you an assassin? <laughs> Standard rich and famous contract, you're not going to kill me, are you? <laughs> I have gold hidden somewhere. I don't want to say it here. This is a G-rated movie. <laughs> oh, but it's 70s G. What the hell? Boobs, boobs, penis, boobs. <laughs> Oh, God. I love this movie. Any songs that you guys really enjoy? I mean, besides the Rainbow Oh, obviously. Moving besides... right along. That's a fun song. That's a good travel song. That is. Um, oh, but the... Uh, can, can you picture this? Oh. Man, the doobies that must have been flying <laughs> in that old church with Floyd and Janice. <laughs> I would have just loved if, you know, they're like... Where's Floyd and Janice? And you just see, like, Floyd's head, like, pop up. I'll be right there! <laughs> they wore assless pants for a reason. Ugh, well, they had to. That's where the, the puppeteer's hand was going to go. Yeah, well, but the, but the problem is, though, too, I mean, they were a band. You never saw them outside ripping butts or anything like that. I mean, they were just, you know, I don't know. And he had Scooter as... Yeah, he was, like, their roadie. Yeah. Um, I know, his uncle owned... 
Yeah, his the uncle owned the, 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 the Muppet Theater, yeah. But in the movie, they introduced him as being the uh, the roadie to the Electric Mayhem. Which, by the way, is an awesome name for a band. Yeah. And one of the funniest behind the musics I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the robot chicken behind the music. <laughs> With their steady paychecks suddenly gone, the band did what they could. Kids' parties, bar mitzvahs, and even offering children piano lessons. Oh, holy sh**. You make me want to pee myself. That was terrible. The band's woes weren't limited to financial trouble. Come on, Tommy Lee is rich, good-looking, couldn't have been that bad. Like he gave me hepatitis C. I only have five years to live. You gonna show me those boobs? F*** you, Howard. I'm dying. The band pinned their comeback hopes on their Star Search special. But no one could foresee the consequences for the band's most beloved member. Oh, did you see that? The drummer looks like an epileptic ragdoll. After a long history of behavior problems, the on-air attack of Ed McMahon was the last straw. The courts ruled that the band's drummer animal be put down. You know, the funny thing is, too, it just like, dawned on me recently that um, Dr. Teeth is really Dr. John. He doesn't yeah, have, yeah. Look at her. <laughs> he doesn't have a helmet made out of meat, though, does he? He might. <laughs> you don't know what's in that organ. That's true. Probably something uh, related to marijuana. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to the next movie, it, it, this is almost like the Star Wars movie comparing them. You know, you can't compare the first movie to the ones that follow. Right, yeah. With that in mind, Great Muppet Caper is an awesome movie. It is. I really it's... love this movie. I don't know, it, it seemed a bit more... There was much more of a storyline, and I felt that kind of made it less of a movie than the first one. Alright. Yeah. But the brilliant Diana Rigg is in it. Yeah. Well, all right then. Okay. And a performance <laughs> back by, down. By a performance by Charles Grodin that just begs the question: What happened to him after two thousand? <laughs> begs the question: What happened to him before two thousand? Beethoven happened to. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. I think it was like Beethoven. Beethoven uh, drove him to lose his mind. I remember for like three years he was a political commentator, but no one could tell what side he was on because he was just. I'm just going to talk right now about a whole bunch of stuff. Don't even... You're calling. Don't don't bother calling. Just don't call. At all. Ever? Ever. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't he in Problem Child? No. No, he wasn't. That was John Ritter. No, I'm talking about the the other the bad guy in that one. No, that was Michael Richards. Okay. All right. I, yeah. Easy yeah. to get the two confused. Yeah, it is. No, it is. <laughs> Yeah. Is that Morgan Freeman or was that Meatloaf? <laughs> Sadly, it was Morgan Freeman. I don't see how you confuse the two. I'm Morgan Freeman. I built the Batmobile. <laughs> and I was in Electric Company. God. That's an episode that will never see the light of day. The Electric Company. Yeah, let's talk about that. Has anyone got any memories? Well, go forth and be nerdful. Good night. Um, then the Muppets take Manhattan. I like Muppet. I, I, I enjoy it. It was my least. It's my least favorite. Yeah, like um, I, I like you know, yes, of all of them that I have seen, I would say it is my least favorite. Okay, I've never seen it. Never, never. Well, I just kind of stopped after Great Muppet Caper. caper. Okay, you were jaded. You were just ruined after. <laughs> yeah, he was jaded. Nothing is better than this. They pulled back the curtain. They could, he could not unsee what he had seen. I can't unsee what I've no, seen. I, actually, after that time, um, my 
parents didn't let us go to movies for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. You walked into the wrong theater, didn't you? You saw Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, mommy, I watched a movie where all their clothes came off. Only for a brief scene. You're not going to the movies with your uncle ever again. <laughs> I didn't know you could turn a person into a human hand puppet. This isn't like the Muppets at all. Forrest Hump. <laughs> all right, then we get on to what I call the lesser movies. And this is no offense to the one we're going to bring up next, but let's face it. After Jim Henson died, these movies weren't anywhere near as good as they should have been. Um, well, your first one I, I, I really like, actually. Yeah. yeah, I like it, too. I haven't Dis- watched it in forever. Disney took over. Uh, yeah, they did actually. Right, right after he died, he died, and a week later, Disney acquired the company. Yeah, they bought everything but Sesame Street. Oh yeah, and they sold them to a German company, and then they bought them right back. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was this so weird Dis- like Disney guy. You got a whole new set of heads involved, and the movies are different. Right, well, those are different people. Well, no, the pro- well the problem is that was the first movie where there were different voices, and it was kind of hard to get used to it. It was very jarring. It was. I mean, it was. Like, it's like it's sometimes for me, it's like watching Sesame Street now, and then going back and listening to the old CDs mm-hmm. or the records rather because that's what they were calling them. Well, turn it over! What Turn what over? I have this on my iPod. Well, we were talking about the, the Muppet, Muppet Christmas, Christmas Carol. Right. Yeah. So, but Michael Caine was good in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, Sam the Eagle has the best line in that movie, though. Oh, It's the, the American way! It's the British way! <laughs> I think that's when they started introducing the rats as big cat. No, that was the uh, no, Muppet um, well, actually, Great Muppet Caper was when they first, when like Rizzo and his ilk yeah. started showing oh, up. God. But yeah, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan is really the first time that Rizzo is a bigger part. Kind of like Camilla had a bigger part starting in... Actually, I guess starting in the Muppet movie. She was yeah, in the Muppet they're, movie. They're portraying rats in New York in the 80s. That's true. They, they, they were the, there was a higher population of rats than people at that time. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Rizzo has the funniest part in the Muppet ride at Disney. Oh, really? What does he do? There's a... There's a it, it, there's a, yeah, it's the 3D vision, mm-hmm. and there's a wait. There's, a, there's like a, there's a oh, pre-show, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and they're all sitting there talking. Sam the Eagle, my favorite Muppet, by yeah. the way. Sam the Eagle is out. It is is the MC, and he goes, you know, and Scooter runs up to him, and goes, you know, this is all on TV, and Sam the Eagle goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mickey Mouse, and Rizzo oh, yeah. the Rat comes out dressed up like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly wet my pants the first time. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched The Muppet Christmas Carol in forever, uh, but... It's I got, got some good music, too. We I got the it. soundtrack, but I got the soundtrack from the library, we and I was every year. listening to it, and I don't know, some of the songs are okay. There's a lot. That's, that's a really depressing grouping of songs, though, especially the Where Are You Christmas song, or whatever the hell it is from the, oh, the yeah. end. That Faith Hill, or Martina McBride, or... Wait, where are you, Christmas? That's from The Grinch. Yeah, that's why I'm confusing it with the song, the, the pressing song they had at the end of this movie. Yeah, I think it was Martine McBride. Okay. But it's always interesting to watch Michael Caine try to sing. I kind of like this the song where, you know, in, it's in the past, uh-huh. and she's like kind of saying, telling him goodbye. Okay. I actually kind of like that song. It's Yeah, it's a sad, depressing hmm. song, but it, it's, it's heartfelt. I like it. All right. I do like the uh, One More Sleep Till Christmas. Yeah. That's a fun song. That was fun. It was a wonderful. Yeah, that was fun. I tinkled. And did anyone actually see Muppet Treasure Island? No. No. I did. Yeah. Who's in? You did? Tim Curry is, is, um... As a Long John Silver. Yep. My career's over. Back to you. 
<laughs> I, honestly, I haven't seen it in years, so I don't really remember it all that much. It's... This was on a rotation at Suncoast, so I really only remember watching it from like stopping, looking up, going back to my work. Yeah. Um. So I don't have any memory of that. And Muppets in Space, never I have no it. memory of it all. I, I don't think I've bothered. ever seen it. All I know is that Hulk Hogan is in it. I remember Muppets in Space because they revealed that Gonzo was an alien. Yes, which makes that's total the sense. They, they give they give him an origin. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's I, the whole point of the movie, isn't yeah, it? Yep. And oh, I, I distinctly remember that. I dig back in my adolescent brain, and, and I remember seeing that. And I think because Hulk Hogan was in it at the time, oh. I was pretty jazzed to see Hulk Hogan do something. Oh. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, this Christmas was... Ninja, whatever the hell he was. <laughs> Santa with muscles. What, wait, what was that? Didn't he do a nanny movie, too? Yes. Mr. Nanny. Mr. <laughs> Suburban Commando. Yeah, sub- uh, with uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yes, and Shelley Duvall. Oh, wow. wow, hijinks must have ensued. Then. <laughs> yes. um, Get and- on board, brother. <laughs> Even though Hulk Hogan, in that group, Hulk Hogan was the second worst actor. <laughs> Shelly Duvall sucks. <laughs> uh, Mike's eating the cupcake. Yep, Everybody's been eyeing him. Yep. Mike broke down. They've been eating him all night, so you guys can have him. Um, and then finally, last year, one of the best movies of last year got released, The yep. Muppets. Well, to me, Jim Parsons is in it, so immediately it has credence. <laughs> I, I love this movie. I'm excited to see it. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, well, my it, God. I think it's, it's, it's in its final legs of first run, so you March, might be able to see it. March 20th. March 20th, the DVD comes out. And it's got a lot of stuff. I've already got it pre-ordered. Nice. I can't wait. Yeah, I was... I, when I saw, we saw this movie opening night, and I had a smile on my face the entire time. Oh, yeah, me too. That's not because you were doing the popcorn trick, though, was it? No, I was doing the popcorn trick. Oh, okay. So then wait, la- wait, 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 whoa, whoa. What's the popcorn trick? You never saw the movie Diner? The guy goes on a date with a girl, and he cuts a oh, hole in the popcorn. He sticks his wiener through the popcorn hole. popcorn trick. Yes, at the, Muppet, at the Muppet movie. I hope you're doing the popcorn trick. Yes, exactly. So what, waka what, waka! What, <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, who wants popcorn? <laughs> Actually, no, that'd be more like, ah, Get it off! Get it off! <laughs> it burns! Butter is not natural! <laughs> Swim, my pretties! <laughs> I have salt where I wish salt not be. <laughs> Too much salt. Oh, God. I know. God help you if you had a paper cut. Oh, yeah. Oh. Whoa. So, so, anyway, last weekend, I took my three-and-a-half-year-old to see this movie because it was, it was Scarlet and Daddy's Day of Fun. Yes. Sorry, I ripped it off from you. But, um... Daddy-Daughter Day? Yeah. So, we went, to, we went to go see The Muppets. I figured it's in the last leg, so there's not going to be a full theater. She sat. She had her popcorn. She loved it. And I'm watching it, and I'm just, like, getting... I don't get really visceral reactions from movies a lot. This one, I... Again, that smile on my face that I had the first time, right back. Well, because it's the first movie. They really go out of their way to make it harken back to the It is to, to a the Muppet show. movie about the Muppet show. Yes. Yeah. God bless Jason Segel, because he, they did a fantastic job. He did. He did. He and... That's that's good to know because when I heard that they were doing another Muppet movie, I was like, "My God!" Now this this is really really good. I actually we took the kids you to see it, it right you before Christmas. Damn <laughs> you all to hell! No, when they, when, whenever they have Camilla the Chicken come out and start singing CeeLo Green," oh I yeah, wet my pants. <laughs> <laughs> what about Sweetum was running away from running from the carpet? Oh yeah, for the second time. Oh come on, not again! <laughs> Uh, 
Cheatums. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and also, by the way, the Muppets did get nominated for an Oscar for Best Song. We yep. were wondering about that when we reviewed Camilla the show. Camilla the Chicken's version of CeeLo Green? Yeah, I wish. Oh. Uh, no, actually, amazingly enough, the one song I didn't think stood a chance was the one that got it. Man or Muppet? Which, not a bad song. I, you Andy, know, Jim Parsons is in it. I understand Jim Parsons is That's in it. That's why it was nominated. But Should actually, be. you know who wrote the song? Batman. Britt McKenzie from uh, Flight of the Concords. <laughs> oh, no. yes. Get out. Now nope. I know why you like it. Oh, it's wow. uh, it's very much a Concord song. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I think he's, I really want to say he sang the Muppet version of Jason Segel's character. When are we going to see the, the Concords back in action? I don't know. Oh, you should see this shirt I got Autumn for Christmas. The uh, eat the eat drink folk shirt from Flight of the Concords. Um, yeah, no, he wrote he wrote all the all the songs. So he is actually he could very well be an Oscar winner in about a month. Fantastic, which is awesome because that he actually won't. pushes him ahead of Jermaine Clement. Hey, yeah, I don't know. The only song it's up against is the song from Rio. Yeah, he has a fifty percent chance of winning. That's true. Oh, is a song from an animated series? No, it's it's a song from a movie. Two songs got nominated. That's it? Yep. Do you guys remember when Jermaine was the spokesman for the Outback Steakhouse? Jermaine. No. Jermaine. Oh, Jermaine, Jermaine from... Clement? Really? Oh, I thought you were meant, talking about Jermaine Jackson. Oh, oh yeah. Jermaine Clement. You don't uh, remember? When they would come over and order a steak, it's like, can I get some candles in my steak? Why, I, is it your birthday? No, I just like candles. I have no <laughs> memory of that. Oh, at yeah. all? Oh yeah. You'll, you'll get when you go upstairs in the app, your Apple TV. I'll, I'll YouTube, check that yeah. out. All right. Because mm-hmm. well, Britt McKenzie was in um, Return of the King. Hmm? He was one of the elves. What? Yeah. When they're going to the Grey Havens and uh, Arwen just like runs off, he's like, "Milady." <laughs> really? Yeah. He had a line in the Return. He of had the a King. line in Return. I'm back, or I will swatch you with my loot. <laughs> <laughs> So, Adam, you you got to get on it. You have to see this movie. Everybody is awesome in it. Jason Segel, Amy Adams, Chris Cooper, um, every cameo that they have. I mean, Jack, Jack Black. Black. Yeah, Jack, oh, Jack Black. Um, Jack Mac Black makes a silly face. <laughs> Many of them. Uh, who else is in that? Oh, well, there's that great scene with Whoopi Goldberg, Selena Gomez, and the fat <laughs> kid from uh, Modern Family. Oh, yeah. Are you the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes, we are. <laughs> So, yeah, check it that out. But you know the Muppets had a whole bunch of other places that they were at. In fact, they yep. got their start on a little show we like to call Sesame Street. Yep. I do. Well. Can you tell me how to get... No, I can't. You, was, you, you can tell by the development of the characters on Sesame Street that Henson was certainly cutting his teeth. This, this was his... <clears throat> this, they, was, this was some pretty heavy stuff for TV. No commercials. Right. Um, P- they, PBS, well, they could get away with it. Yeah, they actually well, had the teachers. UK for you, man. They don't pump 
pump TV with commercials. Yeah. Muppet Genitalia. You yeah. could do that. Yeah, it's true. I, well, I remember that first season with Big Bird swinging dong. I mean, that had to be... <laughs> Andy, I was kidding. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> What, what do you think he was doing with his imaginary friend, Mr. Snuffleupagus? Oh, God. Yeah. That reminds he, me of the... Do you guys see... Do you ever watch Dave Chappelle show? Yeah. yeah. Where he has Dangle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got VD. <laughs> it's just like a hot glue gun just went off on his pants. Um, but did you guys ever see the first... Like, the very first episode of Sesame Street? No. When they introduced Big Bird... Big Bird has evolved in a way that, like, Grimace from McDonald Land has evolved from this... Complete blithering idiot to a somewhat blithering idiot, and it's just it's just weird because they they introduced him. He's like, duh, duh. he's like walking into walls and duh, duh. <laughs> now he's just kind of annoying. Sesame Street yeah. taught us so many things, like you know, treat the homeless like shit. Yeah, <laughs> get a job, Grouch. <laughs> get it together, Grouch. <laughs> Isn't he so mean, folks? <laughs> Bitch, I live in a trash can. <laughs> I live in a trash can. <laughs> the kindly old man who runs the corner store is gonna die. Oh my god! Hey, I like some of their ideas they've come up with recently. Let's have Bert and Ernie. One of them will die of AIDS. Oh. Hey, that'll be a good lesson for the kids to learn. Let's strip their childhood away from them as soon as we possibly can. <laughs> well, actually, I heard a great argument because they were talking about you know just kind of. Outing Bert and Ernie. And someone brought oh. up a really interesting point. Can you imagine that? Well, no, here's the thing. They can't possibly... Where are you yelling, Bert? I said no more cookies in the goddamn bed! <laughs> someone brought up a really good point, though. They can't be gay. Because no self-respecting gay man would deal with that unibrow. Wow. It's true. That's it true. Really and, is true. and you see their house enough, there's no doilies. <laughs> None. There's no doilies. I'm just, I'm still trying to figure out whether you know are they children? Or, you know, do they? they just you're kinda... not supposed to view them in that manner. They just the are. Ducky, you're the one. They, they're supposed to be teaching life lessons to the kids. <laughs> hey, just, you know what? If everybody treated everybody the way they treat everybody on, on Sesame, Sesame Street, Street, we'd be in all oh yeah much better way. Yeah, now, the world would be a lot more boring. Well, I don't know about that. See, I, I would love to be able to meet multi-ethnic people that are all happy to meet you and want to teach you things. I, I want to do that. Don't worry. There'd be a Muppet anime of some sort. Uh, it, it, <laughs> How much have you been drinking tonight? This is it. This is my only one. Yeah, okay. it, it would be like the episode of The Simpsons when they, the aliens show up and take over the world with the board with the nail in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they could be coming with more boards and more nails. Bigger boards and a bigger nail. Until they make a board so big it destroys them all. <laughs> we are jumping way ahead of ourselves, yes, guys. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, yeah. No, that's well, cool. Well, there's just not much to say about Sesame Street. Oh. Everybody knows Sesame Street. Everybody yeah. grew up watching Sesame but Street. But did, did your kids watch Sesame Street? Uh, she watched Elmo. Oh, okay. My my little brother watched Sesame Street. Yeah. So I had to watch it with him because I was watching him at the time. That's fine. You know, I gotta say, I was dreading the whole Elmo thing. I, it's really not that bad, especially because in my well, in my house, Elmo Elmo doesn't really have much sway on her. It's all about Abby Cadabby. That's not much better, Andy. Well, somewhat better. I mean, unfortunately, it's convinced my daughter that she can fly, but uh, and cast magic spells. You know how hard it is trying to, like, figure out, like, fairy rhymes versus, like, Harry Potter-esque wizard spells, you know? <laughs> um, Hocus Killum? Uh, I, I don't know. Dinkus Shrinkus! <laughs> just teach her the Zatanna version of magic. Well, could you just imagine teaching a child the Avocadabra spell with, like, a flowery wand? 
The wand's like a little fairy, you know, like a little buttercup on the front of it. Jeez. Teaching the killing curse. Expelliarmus! <laughs> I just don't think there's much more to talk. I mean, it's yeah. just, Sesame Street is a huge part of American culture. It is. Everybody knows everything and, about Sesame Street. And I think Street. any any kid that can really grasp onto the whole thing can be better off in terms of their oh, sure. language. And well, their... Yeah, that silly typewriter that used to come out. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. You don't remember that? Of course I do. Yeah. And 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Or the king, the king of Eight. Do you remember that one? It was just the... And they just have that rhyme with the king. It was all stop motion. Love those. Anyway, let's move on to another Muppet-themed show, Fraggle Rock. Acid. Down to Fraggle Rock. Yep. Never watched. Well, that was what? tough, though. Yeah, oh. well, because Mike is from Lunenburg, and Lunenburg didn't get cable until 1999 or something like Which that. Which is pretty much when I got cable, so I... And, no, and Fraggle no, Rock was long sense. gone. Yeah, it was on HBO, too. It was on it? HBO in the early 80s, yeah. Yep. Oh, I, re- I remember Fraggle watching the first episode and getting very excited. Awesome. I used to just like it, those little... Those little the doozers. The, the yeah. little doozers, the and they doozers. used to make things made out of made out of sugar. <laughs> and they would yeah. just... Yeah, and they would just go and eat them. No, that was their whole purpose in life, was to make these awesome things... So the Fraggles could eat them, so they could rebuild them. Yeah. Remember the uh, the robot chicken with, with the doozers and that one that didn't want to work? So they <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What'd they do to him? They ended up like, I think they, they killed him in the most gruesome way because <laughs> he didn't want to work. <laughs> God. No, they were kind of the anti-Fraggle. Like, the Fraggle were all about hanging out and having fun. And, and doozers, all the doozers smoking blunts. Like, oh, they were, yeah, kicking back. Tasty brews. and. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for 320 to hit. Yeah, 420. 420 Get it sorry. right. 320 sorry. is when you have your um, your tea. Right, 320s <laughs> for tea time. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris brought up Labyrinth. Yeah. What about the Dark Crystal? I love Dark Scared Crystal. the shit out of me. That is a brilliant movie. It is really good. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. A thousand years ago, this land was green and good, until the crystal cracked. For a single piece was lost, a shard of the crystal. Then strife began, and two new races appeared. The cruel Skeksis, the gentle mystics. Watch that the, again. The vulture, I have it on DVD. Vulture I creatures, the Skeksis. Man, they they nightmares. Oh yeah, nightmares. I love that movie. It was a great movie. And Still it, is a great movie. Yeah. I remember that my parents took my sister and I to go see it on New Year's Eve. We were, you know, well, you know how old you are. I'm yeah. Sure, but when we go to see it, we're sitting in the um, movie theater. We're all looking around. And all of a sudden, a space shuttle comes flying by in the screen. The movie has started. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Then all of a sudden, Robert Hayes comes walking. I'm just, oh, no. I just realized it's Airplane 2. <laughs> <laughs> he went into the wrong he movie. He went to the wrong theater. <laughs> so my father blamed my mother and off we went. <laughs> when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the That first was Airplane time. 1. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I haven't. I, I, yeah, we had to kind of have a, just a group viewing of Labyrinth. You're, uh, not Labyrinth, The Dark Crystal. Let's do them both. Yeah, why not? That's, that's yeah. Why not? I, I, it, to prepare for this this uh, episode, I downloaded all the Muppet movies. All right, all of them. 
Didn't have a chance to watch them. Yeah, I was a little busy. But the thought thought was there. The thought was there because (laughs) I hadn't seen most of these movies in a long time. Ah. In a long time. It's kind of like playing a video game you haven't played in ages. You start to play it and all of a sudden you know where all the secrets are. Yep. You'll start to remember things out of your... It's a muscle memory. It is a muscle memory. There's parts of your young brain that still exist that weren't burned off with beer and (laughs) other substances. Yep. Glue. Glue. Glue gasoline in the... The ether in a rag, you know. <laughs> Labyrinth did introduce us to Jennifer Connelly, though. They did. Pre-boobs, yeah. Jennifer Connelly. The greatest adaptation of Satan I have ever seen. No, that's not Labyrinth. No, that's um, oh, that Legend. 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 Damn it, never mind. Tim Curry is the devil. Of course. I always thought Tim Cruise was the devil. No, Tom Cruise, well, Tom Cruise is oh, the devil. Yeah. He was just playing the hero in this movie. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I am yeah. dangerous, Ice. Man. <laughs> All right. It always comes back to the gay volleyball season. (laughs) Much like cocaine on this show, it just keeps coming back. Everyone take your shirt off and oil up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Other than the ones we've already mentioned, you guys got some favorite Muppets. Who are the best Muppets out there? Uh, Sam the Eagle. Sam the Eagle is great. Beauregard. Beauregard. What is Beauregard? I think he's a mole or something. Hello. He was fantastic. That's part of the basis for the voice of Emmett that we used to use. No, it is not. No, that's real. Well, no, that was no, uh, that, Wendell from that was Wendell from, Wendell from Emmett, Emmett Otter. Otter. Hello, Emmett. Hello, Emmett. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, New Zealand and his flying fish. Yes. One I rediscovered this this weekend. Yeah. Uh, thanks to my wife, um, and I actually turned Adam on to the great. Roosevelt Franklin. Oh, we'll get into him. There's oh, actually a little bit we have, to, we have to talk about uh, Roosevelt Franklin. Um, I'm, I've always been an animal fan. Really? Yeah. I always like animal. Yes, I will agree with and, that. One. And I recently learned that he was uh, his inspiration was Keith Moon from the Who, yeah. which yeah. even more so made me love oh, yeah. animal. So I don't know animal. Even in like Muppet Babies, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Animal was was just one of those clutch characters. Now talk about cocaine. Oh, oh yeah, I know, I know he's I know he's total nonsense, but he was always uh, he's essentially the Tasmanian devil of the Muppet the, yeah. set. <laughs> I mean, we, we mentioned we mentioned Beaker, but Doctor Bunsen Honeydew. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, he's brilliant. He's got no eyes, but he. All of his experiments go completely wrong. His head looks like a potato. Yeah. Yeah, we've mentioned the Swedish chef. Love the Swedish oh. chef. See, and like I said, Sam Eagle with his brilliant yeah. editorials. Yeah. <laughs> um, Actually, the, the characters that he brought over, uh, Wayne and Wanda. Right? Yeah, where they'd sing like three, bar, like three notes of a song and then a tree would fall on them. <laughs> <laughs> the Muppet News Flash Anchor. Yep. Oh. He was awesome. Guy Smiley. And, uh, oh gosh, my one of my uh, former coworkers looked just like Bunsen. Oh and god, he had an office internet where you had like your photo yeah. attached to it. And um, don't tell me you put we 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 made our way into our IT department and uh, we had you know one of the guys change his photo to Bunsen's photo. <laughs> so for like I seriously nine months his photo was Bunsen. It wasn't until we had an all staff meeting and they were flipping through photos. Oh they, no. they did like a. <laughs> They did a slideshow where it was accessing the the picture database, <laughs> like huge on the wall. <laughs> Everyone started laughing, and even the, the president of our company was like, "Hold on one second, find that back. Who was that?" <laughs> 
unfortunately, the investigator said that had nothing to do with it. He was being driven to suicide. <laughs> oh, boy. That was you, was You did that. <laughs> I may have had a hand in it. Just a little bit. We mentioned before Sweetum. Oh, yeah, Sweetums. Mm. Sweetums is great. Yeah. And I recently, I was... Uh, Steph had actually sent me something that this this writer had, had done a uh, a piece on some of the, the most obscure Muppets of all time. Yep. He was one of them. Like, how is he obscure? Really? Well, but he was never in that many... No, he, 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 he was, showed up he was at the there beginning. to tear stuff up. Yeah. But he, yeah. But he, he had a hard He'd goal. usually show right. up at the end when the, something needed to be demolished or annihilated. Right, which is like Harry on Sesame Street. He has, a big, he has a big part in the Muppet 3D adventure. Yes, he does. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He comes out searching for Bean. <laughs> nice. His little bunny. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Um, another thing that like, Sesame Street has been doing lately is taking um, current like current things in the zeitgeist and turning them into muppetary things. Like mad they had, guys. Mad men. Yeah. Look at this bear. We have the honey campaign. Look at this bear. That that but that honey bowl is empty. I'm sad. I'm a sad man. <laughs> now look at him. He's got honey all over his face. That makes me happy. I'm a happy man. Yes, yes. Laugh it up, my sycophants. Laugh. <laughs> Uh, or Spider Monster. Oh, that was actually, they aired that uh, earlier this week, and I just like sat and watched. And now, curtain up on Spider Monster, the musical. I am Spider Monster, watch me fly to the sky. <laughs> That's not flying, you just fell on me. This is only our 17th opening night, sir. Because it's so awesome. Grover is playing Spider Monster, and every time he tries to fly, he like lands in the audience yeah, to that one guy who who never gets the soup. It's always it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like making fun of the uh, Spider Man on Broadway. Yeah, where nothing goes right. <laughs> you know what Sesame Street used to actually do pretty pretty well was they would take a, like a song and they would change it to just enough. Just en- well, no, but they would change it to you know to teach about a letter like they did letter B. Oh yeah, with the yeah, Beatles. Yeah. Beatles. We have that. Oh. They did Rebel L. They had like yeah. a Muppet looking like Billy Idols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was um oh then there's Cookie Monster. I, how can I forget Cookie Monster? Cookie, because, cookie, cookie. Well, the thing with Cookie Monster was, <laughs> but Cookie, well, you know, well, the thing with Cookie Monster is he actually turns out to be pretty intelligent because they had this one thing where he had a a gingerbread boy and he's like, oh, you're my best friend. But you look delicious. <laughs> oh, Cookie Monster, an ethical dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> cookie, cookie, cookie. Chocolate, don't do that to people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the most underrated Muppets. Now, I have a list here from Topless Robot um, where they actually list the eight most underappreciated Muppets. First of all is Uncle Traveling Matt, who uh, from Fraggle Rock... <laughs> Link Hogthrob. Yep, Link uh, number nine, uh, number seven is Link Hardthrob, Hogthrob from um, Pigs in Space. He's underrated for a good reason. I never liked him. Well, I mean, it's, oh uh, come on, that's a funny character. He's a great character. This is uh, this is what they uh, Rob uh, actually Hogthrob. <laughs> Chris Cummins from um, Topless Robot wrote this about Link Hog Hogthrob. 
As the intrepid and well-fed captain of the USS Swine Trek during the Muppet Show's Pigs in Space segments, Link Hogthrob projected egotism throughout the cosmos. Both the Muppet equivalent of Ted Baxter and the precursor to Zap Brannigan, Hogthrob possessed a swagger that made him the series' greatest pig character. So bite it, Miss Piggy fans. When not narrowly avoiding death with, on, on foreign planets, he could be seen demonstrating his idiocy in other ways, most memorably as Fozzie's commanding officer on the Bear on Patrol sketches. The character hasn't been used much since the death of Jim Henson, something that will hopefully change Jason Siegel's upcoming Muppet uh, opus. Until then, we'll always have this. It's all right, Mr. Hogthrob. We'll try to run, too. <laughs> Who's Mr. Johnson? I, uh, who? Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson. Okay, Mr. Johnson. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the guy we were just talking about with the uh, with Grover. He's the guy who doesn't get his soup. Uh, okay. Also known as Fat Blue, Mr. Johnson is the bald, mustachioed Muppet in the oh, business suit yeah. who frequents run- frequent run-ins with Grover prepared children everywhere for the ineptitude of waiters, cab drivers, and other customer service providers. <laughs> I as, remember him. As a child, I thought it was hilarious how Grover constantly put the screws to him. But now I know that, that life is full of Grovers just waiting to mess up your lunch order or put unnecessary charges on your cable bill. It's not so funny. Another un- uh, underrated character, according to this list, is the Muppet Newsman. Anderson Cooper, he's a pretty boy. Katie Couric, too serious. For my money, the greatest newscaster in the history of television is the Muppet Newsman. Think about it. He delivers the headlines with sincerity of Walter Cronkite and stays on the air through the toughest of circumstances. Do you think Larry King would have the cojones to uh, continue reading the events of the day after Piano hit him on the head? (laughs) Not bloody likely. Uh, There's Lefty. Since Cookie Monster is now so neutered that he is often seen munching on carrots, it's inconceivable that there was once a Sesame Street character who was a pusher. Before the show was overwhelmed by political correctness, Lefty here would often be seen trying to sell the show's characters letters, numbers, and non-existent items from inside his trench coat. (laughs) Hey, little boy, you want to see what's in my coach? When parents began to complain that Lefty's appearance encouraged children to talk to strangers, he was dropped from the show. His current whereabouts are unknown, but if you ever want to score a W or a 4, or maybe check the docks near Sesame Street, you never know. Then there's Uncle Deadly, who was featured in the Muppet movie, in the new Muppet movie. If you ever had a Muppet-inspired nightmare, chances are they had something to do with Uncle Deadly. Oh, oh, he was yeah, he had a big part. Yeah, he yeah. was he was he was huge in the uh, Alice he's Cooper like a, episode. He, he's like a, a a gremlin or something. Yeah, like a, like a, a, a dragon, like a dragon. The uh, sinister-looking blue creature that haunts Kermit and the gang before embracing his role as the Phantom of the Muppet Theater. What makes Uncle Deadly so memorable is designed by Michael Frith that eschews the usual Muppet look for a more creepy aesthetic that kids found terrifying. Of course, now we're older and less prone to pissing the bed. We can appreciate him for the badass that he truly is. Says you. Uh, number two, the Yip Yip Martians. Oh, I love those guys. Yip, 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 Sorry, yip, 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 E.T. fanatics. They never have been more lovable otherworldly aliens than the Yip Yip aliens. Looking like the offspring of a mop of the Fry Guys, these Martians attempt to learn about Earth by examining ordinary objects, yipping all the while. In one of the greatest tragedies to befall mankind, the Palisade Sesame Street action figure line was canceled before it got around to making these guys. Yip, 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 yip. Uh-huh. 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 Yip, 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 yip. Uh-huh. And then finally, on the list of underappreciated characters, Roosevelt Franklin. Yeah! After I read this, it's going to get dark real fast. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Created by Sesame Street's original Gordon, Matt Robinson, uh, Roosevelt Franklin was a rhyming purple Muppet with spiky black hair and a red and yellow striped turtleneck who taught students about letters and numbers at school that bore his name. Frequently breaking out into song, you owe it to yourself to check out the My Name is Roosevelt Franklin LP, which, by the way, we have as part of a classic collection. 
He brought some much-needed funk to Sesame Street, perhaps a bit too much for some viewers, as the character explicitly vanished in the early 1970s. Was he yanked from the show because some felt he had reinforced negative African-American stereotypes? Or was it that parents didn't think that a Muppet who behaved so uproariously was a good role model for kids? They, they, oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's okay. Hey, actually, it actually works for this. Yeah, it does kind of work for that. Good job. Regardless of the real reason for his banishment to the streets where everything is allegedly A-OK, he lives on the hearts of the true Muppet fans everywhere. Call him by his first and last name. Roosevelt Franklin deserves your respect. Um, I got an email from Jim about a week ago with the um, the title From the Mind of the Grand Dragon, Jim uh, Henson. And embedded in it were two Roosevelt Franklin clips from YouTube. <laughs> Which I will have to post on, on our uh, website. Oh, I wrote that. <laughs> um, now, let's clear something up. His hair's not spiky. It's a fro. Yeah, I think it's spiky. Nah, but it's, he it's is, a, no, it's a kind of the buckwheat thing. Right. Going. It's, a, it's a fro. But he is oh, purple. Dang. Purple uh, for grape soda. He loves grape soda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like Mace Windu's lightsaber. How make him... Oh, man. How are we going to get him to like him more? Make him purple. <laughs> there you go. Um, All I need is to give him a series I, I of watched a couple of clips suit. today, and it, it's it's kind of like the Jeffersons era. I mean, It really is. They're moving on up. I, I don't know that it's such like a negative thing, but it's definitely a stereotype. I mean, my really? God. My God. <laughs> All the, oh, God. Well, we, we were listening to one of the songs, and... Jive talking, I mean... He's teaching the kids about the days of the week, but he shakes them down for a plate of string beans first. Thursday. No, 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 no
is a better bellwether for that than Robin, Kermit the Frog's nap-inducing, obnoxiously sincere nephew whose primary purpose is to kill time or sing some kind of bizarrely sugary song that seems out of place. I always liked Robin. I thought, okay. yeah, because, I mean, you get the, all the hectic, wild, crazy stuff of the Muppet Show, and then you just get this one little frog that you could, you know, could be a, a, an anchor. You know, something that didn't have to be all wild and crazy. Something that could be sincere and heartfelt. If I want sincere and heartfelt, I'll watch Saint Elsewhere. I, or or Baywatch. He never. No. <laughs> he ne- he never bothered me. Don't you mean boob watch? I don't think he's anybody's favorite. But <clears throat> I will. He's just he does. I, I forget about him. Although I will say that he was intensely annoying in Muppet Babies. Was he in? I don't even remember that. He always, oh my got, in, God. He always got into trouble, and the, and the oh, all the others right. had to follow him around in the different books. He was just annoying as hell in that one. I, I have no memory of him at all. Oh. All right, number nine on the worst Muppets list is Janice. Janice started out okay—a hyper-stylized Janice Joplin Mick Jagger mashup with a stereotypically Valley Girl voice. Over the years, she's mutated into being a particularly freakish. Each design revision comes with Janet look, uh, where it makes Janet look worse, and she's contributed little more than her for sure really catchphrase, which really wasn't that funny in the late 80s when people would actually say that. Yeah, there was a time where they were really, like, dawn around. She was, she was very less hippie-ish. Yeah, she was. And more, yeah, more of the Valley Girl She was thing. more like Cindy Lauper-ish, you know, yeah. new, you know, new age. I would say out of all of the Electric Mayhem, she's probably my least favorite. Yeah. Well, mm. you got Zoot. Zoot's awesome. Zoot's, Zoot's the man. You wear Zoot suit. Now, Zoot's a roommate of Mr. Brownstone. So, <laughs> number eight on the worst list is I agree. El- Elmo. It seems pointless for an adult to complain about Elmo since he's on the show clearly designed for preschoolers. But given that Elmo's inexplicable rise to power in the late '90s, his dead gaze and ear-piercing voice are inescapable inside the U.S. border. It seems to fit him to have him here. Elmo made the transition from childlike supporting cast member of Sesame Street to unstoppable, bloodthirsty global marketing juggernaut some 12 years ago with the staggeringly popular popularity of a doll based on his likeness that vibrated erotically when prodded. <laughs> now Elmo's mug can be found on literally every single commercial product known to man and even appeared in his own intolerable theatrical film, The Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland, alternately titled The Final Nail in the Coffin for Mandy Patinkin's flagging <laughs> career. Plus, he's pretty much made Grover obsolete on Sesame Street, which is a shame considering Elmo is basically a tremendously annoying and substantially less endearing version of Grover. I will agree. I cannot stand that guy. And Elmo's less known short, Don't Tickle Me There. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just kind of move on then, won't we? Whenever I think about Elmo, I always think about that line from uh, The Simpsons. Elmo knows where you live! Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a joke that I sent around. I almost got myself fired. I was working for this company. Actually, the first company I worked for in Boston, and they sent me out to D.C. for a couple of months to work out there, and I decided to introduce myself to the entire office by sending a joke Oh no! to the staff, not knowing that I sent it to everyone, including the president of the company. Oh, wow. And it was... Uh, the, the Tickle Me Elmo factory was, was uh, really, really busy, and they had to throw out a net and hire anyone they could get, regardless of their aptitude. And they ended up with this uh, ditzy blonde that showed up, and uh, she had no qualifications, no education, and basically could barely touch her nose with her index finger, but they decided they put her on the, uh, the production line. And they said, uh, 
All right, we'll put her out. We'll put you out on the line. We'll see how you do, and and uh, you know if you do well, we'll you know we'll move you around. And not even ten minutes into her her first you know shift, the Elmos are backing up into a pile behind her station, <laughs> and they run down and they see she's sewing two marbles to the crotch of every Elmo. <laughs> And they're like, what What are you doing? She's like, well, you told me to give every one of these two test tickles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. I don't get it. Uh, All right. Yes, you do. Moving on. Um, number seven, Kermit the Frog and Muppet Christmas Carol. Anyone who sat through, sat through Muppet Christmas Carol will agree that while the film features a frog puppet named Kermit, it bears little resemblance to the beloved, easily irritated host of The Muppet Show. This film was the first Muppet production after Jim Henson's untimely death, and also the first time Kermit was voiced by Steve Whitmire, whose voice just doesn't cut it. He sounds like he's being voiced by someone doing a terrible Kermit the Frog impression with about a mountain of saccharine um, sincerity heaped on in place of Kermit's usual pragmatic but irritated demeanor. It doesn't help that the movie itself is terrible. Now, we already discussed this, so I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Number six, Adam, you're not going to like this. Animal. Bullshit. Some people like Animal. Those people can usually be found wearing a double XL t-shirt with a bad drawing of Animal drumming wildly with the slogan, I'm an animal on it. What's wrong with that? They can also be found at Walmart on the weekends buying bulk bulk uh, beef jerky and yelling at their ten children. Again, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Alright, this guy is obviously has a window into my life. <laughs> animal has one gag. He's a feral drummer who chases women around while yelling "woman," presumably to satiate his craven lust for rape. That's it. There's nothing else to him. Let's move on. Yep. All right, number five. Oh, Waldo C. Graphic. No. Huh? Any remember? Okay, I'll get into the uh, synopsis here. Waldo's career hasn't been very long, uh, but he's managed to be useless and unfunny for the entire time. First seen on the now forgotten Jim Henson Hour back in 1989, Waldo was the first and last uh, and also completely unnecessary 3D Muppet character. A crude, goofy looking fish thing that looks like it were ripped straight from a portfolio of an untalented Art Institute grad, Waldo can transform into anything with no comedic effect at all. He plagues the Muppet Vision 3D show at Walt Disney World in Disneyland, which features awesome animatronic versions of Sattler and Waldorf, but still manages to kind of suck thanks to Waldo. Oh, that thing. Yeah, that thing. Waldo. Is well, that little, like, kind of 3D... Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, All right. You're, well, you're going back, so you'll keep yeah. your eye on, on, on I, Waldo. No, I know exactly graphic. who it is. Well, I'm going back, too. Yeah, that's right. You both are. Wow. I forgot. You're just different times. Yeah. Yes. He's gone. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You've never been to Disney World? I was left behind as a child. My brothers were taken while I was at Boy Scout camp. Wow. But I'm not not bitter. At least you got to thwart those two guys trying to break into your house using mini (laughs) micro machine cars. Are you talking about Home Alone? Yes, we are. Yes, that's true. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number four Rizzo the Rat. Having become one of the principal cast members in a Muppet-related production since the early 80s, America doesn't seem to have realized yet that Rizzo's entire shtick is mugging at the camera and saying unfunny things in a labored Brooklyn accent, usually making some kind of reference to his being a rat. That's pretty much it, and he's a major supporting character in almost every film and television special made since 1980, when he first appeared mugging for the camera in a distinctly non-entertaining way. Since the 90s, they've had him wearing a hat and jacket with his name on it, 
and is tired. I'm a rat from Brooklyn. I'm sarcastic, and I overreact to things. Routine has been amped up to previously unheard of levels of awful. I will say I really liked him in uh, Muggle Christmas Carol as okay. uh, Gonzo's sidekick. Gon- Gonzo was saying, I'm Charles Dickens. He's like, no, you're not. Because <laughs> he's always falling in the water, freezing his ass exactly. off. He's yeah. yeah. lit on fire. Yep. He's getting abused. That's why I love it. <laughs> uh, number three, Pepe the Prawn. Yep. Pepe the Prawn is one of the many bad characters added to the Muppets cast since Jim Henson's death. The character is exactly like Rizzo, except instead of being a rat from Brooklyn, he's a prawn from Spain, right down to his one-note sidekick character with annoying gimmick things Rizzo is routinely used for. He has a few unpopular catchphrases and lame one-liners that will get repeated whenever he appears. He is from Spain, so he gets unsuccessfully tries to seduce women, and he isn't once mistaken for an appetizer. Ha <laughs> ha! Get it? He's a goddamn shrimp. Isn't that funny? Since his first appearance in the little scene Muppet, Muppets Tonight Show in 1996... He's been a stable of Muppet films with no discernible reason and appears more and more frequently as the years go on. If those aren't enough reasons to hate Pepe, just remember that he appears in a song and dance number alongside Ricky Martin in the 2002 Very Muppet, Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie. Don't Seriously. even remember that one. I remember. I've never seen it, though. I gotta say, though, he was kind of funny in that one thing they had him do in the Muppet movie where he was supposed to be doing the uh, the Patrick Swayze lift. Oh, yeah. With Piggy. <laughs> Number two, speaking of racism, Clifford. Yeah. Clifford is the only black Muppet. He started out as a bit player on the Jim Henson Hour, a sunglass-wearing bass player who was reportedly hip, although nothing at all about Clifford appears to be actually hip, other than his being an obvious caricature of what what white middle-class Americans probably thought of they might think of as being hip. Is he purple? He's actually kind of pink-ish. He looks like a catfish. He's purple. Yeah. Could be my printer. For some reason, Clifford was the host of Muppets Tonight and managed to make the show boring whenever he appeared on screen by virtue of having no personality other than hip black guy who looks like a catfish, which might be racist, but let's not go there. (laughs) His repeated insertion to any and all new Muppets projects further illustrates the Jim Henson Company's insistence on struggling to make any of their new characters work in spite of most of them being terrible, rather than just sticking with the ones people like from the 70s. And then number one. He didn't appear in the new Muppets movie. He did not, thankfully, because Jason Segel has a brain. Number one on the list of worst Muppet characters. Uh, this one I'll, yeah, give her um, Overrated. Agree. Yeah. Miss Piggy. It's impossible to find someone who legitimately likes Miss Piggy. Charles Grodin is obviously the exception that proves the rule. She's never been funny, a stuck-up shrill bitch with one-dimensional personality, that being stuck-up shrill bitch, who manages who manages significant screen time, not to mention melodramatic revel- reveals at every single Muppet production ever made. Miss Piggy has a legacy of being terrible that goes all the way back to 1976, when she first bludgeoned Kermit for resisting her unwanted advances, a gag they're still relying on today, and no, and one that nobody has laughed at since roughly 1984. Miss Piggy also suffers from the same lazy-ass I'm-a-pig jokes that recycle for characters like Rizzo or Pepe the Prawn, where someone will make the kind of comment about bacon or ham and she'll get upset. People claim that Miss Piggy is popular, and it's really difficult to see why, considering no evidence that uh, anyone has ever actually liked her has ever been collected. More disturbingly, she dresses like she's on Sex in the City, wearing low-cut <laughs> dresses or body-hugging spandex, which no human being should ever have to see on a felt pig. <laughs> Perhaps one day, many years from now, they'll wise up and re-release the entire Henson catalog scrub-free of Miss Piggy. Until then, we can be thankful for the fast-forward button. I will say that if she could be used, um, if she could be used well. She was used well in the, Muppet, in the new Muppet movie. I think so, because they used her sparingly. Yes. She was, 
not in it that much. No, no, she's not in that much. That's Kermit's movie. And when she, and when she uh, led them to hijack Jack Black, <laughs> that, was that was funny. That was that was, that was, that was, that was a good scene. <clears throat> that was all animal in the Swedish Chef, though. Yeah, animal <laughs> woman. <laughs> Calm your insatiable lust for rape, animal. <laughs> All right, let's move on, guys. This is a good, good conversation about the Muppets. I, I really do love the Muppets. We didn't talk very much about Muppets tonight, though. Go ahead, Mike, because I have nothing to go on. I did watch it when it was on, like, for all, what, like, ten episodes or so. <laughs> the only thing I remember is that the very first episode was hosted by Sandra Bullock. All right. And well, she... That's, that's gold. <laughs> she actually did a... She's wonderful nice, in everything she does, though. She did a pretty funny sketch with uh, Kermit where she was a psychiatrist... And Kermit was going to see him because every time he said phenomenon, he, he heard, doo, 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 doo. and so she said it, and then she actually did the whole, like, phenomena type song, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, she, you know, was going all wild, and he's like, you, wow, you really are crazy. He, he's like, you should see what happens when I say shaving a haircut, and Sweetism appears saying two bits. <laughs> nice. You can, you can pull it up on uh, YouTube. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, gentlemen, shall we move on to some segments? Yes. All right. Well, first off, it's... Stupid! Stupid! Big time stupid here. Oh, God, yeah. Um, get this. So, yesterday, uh, Tuesday, the 24th, the Academy Award nominations were announced. Yep. And, you know, usually the uh, the more arty, higher-end fare gets the big stuff. But in the technical awards, the unwatchable Transformers Dark of the Moon got three nominations. Of course. What the fuck? Sound editing, sound effects, and special effects. Not visual a, effects. Not acting? Oh, uh, no, the beef did just barely got nudged oh. out. And can you believe they did not nominate Michael Bay for best directing? Wow. Uh. Um, but in stark comparison to that, there were three well-received Marvel movies released last year. Not one of them got a nomination. That means Thor didn't get the art direction nomination we were expecting it was going to get. None of them got the sound or visual effects or sound effects editing. Star Spangled Man didn't get the best song nomination. As I mentioned earlier, there were two songs that got nominated. And Star Spangled Man is exactly what they want. Something that moves the plot along. That actually talks to the movie. And not just kind of thrown in there at the end credits. It's because it's a superhero and he's not going to be taken seriously. Pretty much. Pretty much. And I mean, hell, X-Men could have gotten nominated for anything. Yeah. It really could have. I think Michael Fassbender should have at least gotten nominated for best actor. Well, he almost did for another movie, but that's shame. like that uh, shame, yeah, because apparently he's got a huge penis. Um, shame, oh, shame, shame. Yeah, but that's the. Uh, did um? Pe- oh, oh, never mind. Know that. Go ahead. All right, but yes, yeah, so that's the long and the short of it. Yet another year where the uh, Transformers seem to get recognized, even though their movies are awful. Yeah, yeah. they're not that bad. <laughs> they are unwatchable. Are we I still have... making money on toys. Yes. I've seen all three in the theaters. Yep. God bless you. You're smarter. You're you're you're, you're stronger man than I. It's the worst of them all. I, I will say that it's the worst of them all. Doesn't we, it break three hours or just about hits three? It hours? comes close, and there's about two action scenes in the entire movie. Again, like all the others, it's too much. Yeah, yeah. It's Hands. just overdone. It by the end, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. What, what, the problem is you can't tell the robots apart. Yeah. Other than, and I've said this before, Bumblebee and Optimus are the only two you can actually tell apart. Everybody else is just this blend of, I thought that was Jazz. No, that's Jazz. Who the hell is that? Oh, Jazz is dead. Wait, well, how come he's back? No, that's not Jazz. Well, no way. If it weren't for these two racial stereotypes here, Skids and Mudflap, I wouldn't know who the hell's going <laughs> on. 
did make a brief appearance. Yep, even though he said they weren't. And yes. Skids, by the way, is the color of watermelon. Yes. Moving on. Oh, God. Moving on to Trailer Park, where we're going to talk about the one Marvel movie nobody's talking about this year, Ghost Rider 2. There's good and bad in all of us. It doesn't matter how far you run. There are some demons you just can't escape. I need your help. This child is in danger. I don't save people. If you don't help, the devil will have a new form. One more powerful than he's ever known. And a shadow will fall upon the earth. Save the boy and lift your curse. I made a lot of mistakes. But Danny's the one good thing I ever did. That being the case, we better make sure he doesn't turn out to be the Antichrist. Oh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage in collecting a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Mike and I were talking about this before we recorded today. Um, you can find your defenders for pretty much any type of Marvel movie. I mean, there are times I've actually defended the movie Daredevil. Okay. It's not horrible. It really isn't a horrible movie. But, with that said, do you know anybody who's actually come to the defense of Ghost Rider? Tim. Well, Tim doesn't count because Tim legitimately has horrible taste in everything. You know what? Just watching this this trailer, I, I sent a text to Andy saying... That's a whole big load of meh. Yeah, it was a yeah. meh type of thing. Three minutes, you're never going to get back, I believe, yeah. with the other... Uh... Oh, no, that was about Wrath of the Titans. So oh, yes. If... Oh. I just well, saw that Ghostbuster I... is a... Ghostbuster. Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider is a C-level superhero. Yeah. He is as boring as the day is long, which goes to show... There are so many other superheroes they could do. You could do Luke Cage. See, I actually like Ghost Rider. At least not the first. I don't like Johnny Blaze. He was a terrible Ghost Rider. That's but why they brought Nick Cage in. The second, he has so many different characters that he can play. And he's got so such an expressive How am I not face. that movie? Uh, but, yeah, I like Ghost Rider as a character. And yeah. this is not Ghost Rider. This is just Nick Cage being, Wow, I can, I've got fire out of my head. Whoa. Does he piss fire at one point in this trailer? Uh, that was the first trailer. Oh, the yeah. Trailer. yeah. Why did I not wear a condom last night? <laughs> uh, yeah. What's his fire? What's his, what's his power? Well, well, he can belch flame out of his ass. <laughs> while riding a motorcycle. Yeah, pretty cool. Huh? If this were the late 70s, this might mean something. Yeah, go, go get some Molly Hatchet. There are like eight other superheroes that Marvel could make a superhero, uh, make a movie about. Brother Voodoo might make a more intriguing movie no, than dead. Ghost Rider. I think he's dead now. Yeah. I'm waiting for these Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange? Yes. It's supposed to be with Patrick... Um, uh, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, Patrick Dempsey. Doctor McStrange fighting McDormanu. <laughs> McDormanu. <laughs> I'd rather see McLovin as Doctor Strange. All right, now we're going to introduce a new segment um, called Countdown to the Avengers, where we are going to run down... One awful product tie-in for the movie The Avengers, mm-hmm. leading up to its release um, in May. <laughs> so, uh, oh, God help us when we actually get to the food tie-ins. Mm. But for now... I'm really looking forward to the Black Widow loofah. 
For now, we've got this one. And this is actually what gave me the idea. I sent... I, I forwarded Mike the link to this, and I'm like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And he was like, uh, yes, I think I am. So, go ahead, Mike. It is... Get ready for this. Avengers... Cologne. Very nice. Smell like a hero. <laughs> yeah. Smell like Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> this was again pulled from Topless Robot. Um, Smell like you just crawled through the mud of the World War II battlefield. <laughs> All right, I, I got to read this. Cause I think this is great. Since it seems to be what the uh, what the why the fuck not era of movie merchandising, I guess it shouldn't be surprised to learn that the live action Avengers movie has its own Cologne line coming out. But I mean, I am. I mean, if you told me the twelve-year-old me would not only, uh, if you if you had told the twelve-year-old me that not only would the Avengers have a real movie coming out in twenty twelve, but there would also be an Avengers perfume for sale, his head would have exploded. Here are the six available scents. Let's pass this around, shall we, Adam? Why don't you take the first one? Oh, fantastic, fantastic! Oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> yes. The Infinity Formula Cologne. Col- <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Nicholas Nick Fury, paratrooper, ranger, weapons and demolition expert, aircraft specialist, pilot, Green Beret, veteran of every U.S. war and military conflict since World War II, director of Shield, the single, <laughs> the single most powerful, most important organization on planet Earth, and the only human strong enough to bring together a group of remarkable people who fight the battles no one else could. <laughs> How do you how do you bottle something that great? I don't know. I don't know. Jim might take the next one. Uh, Patriot Cologne, a cologne that pays homage to the confident, stand-up to bullies, hard-working average Joe and every man. Patriot Cologne is both reserved and sexy. This isn't real though, is it? These are real colognes. Oh God, like a symbol on a shield or a moniker on a on a motorcycle helmet. Fresh notes of green lime and white paper are the first to hit with dry oak wood, sandalwood, and tequila accords finishing the adventure. Perfect for any time or place, Patriot Cologne puts the Novus Mundus in your strong, sensuous hands for you to embrace and discover. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I want that now. All right, we'll take this one. I, I, I want you to read that one. Okay. So, the Mark Seven Cologne. A, re- a resolutely sophisticated cologne forged from the sea, the sun, the earth, and the touch of devil-may-care whimsy. Transparent, <laughs> aromatic, and modern in nature, the Mark Seven combines mandarin narrowly, uh, nasturnium, and jasmine layered with light patchouli to <laughs> create uh. a contemporary expression of I don't play well with others' confidence, leaving you always ready for whatever a gen- genius billionaire playboy philanthropist might encounter along the way. I can't say the word patchouli without giggling. Well, every time I think of that, I think of the Patton Oswalt thing. <laughs> hey, trust fund, hey, trust fund hippies, if you want to smell like dirt that got fucked by a hobo, and splash <laughs> on some patchouli oil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, go ahead. Oh, All right. For the Hulk, we've got Smash! Very unusual and rare materials have been brought together to create a woody aquatic cologne, evoking both a serene sense of timeless freedom and a single-minded, unbridled passion for life. Yuzu, bergamot, and tarragon create clean, clear top notes along with unexpected accord of water lily and nutmeg. Smash! Then carries an intense woody dry-down enriched with Indian sandalwood, vetiver, musk, and sharp... Sharp cedar. Oh, 
Nice. Complimentary to a full range of emotions, it wears it wears well no matter where at work, the lab, or an evening out of town. Very nice. Seriously? For the sake of time, we'll just go over the, the, the next two quickly. Worthy cologne, a woody citrus cologne. Uh, I don't even know who the hell it's supposed to be. Oh, yeah, I think it's supposed to be Thor. And then yeah. Mischief. Possess the superhuman strength, genius level intelligence, mystical power, telepathy, flight, clairvoyance. I think it's just the Avengers cologne. Sex Panther. Sixty <laughs> percent of the I time, name it works every time. I named my fantasy. Smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> I actually named one of my fantasy football team, Sex Panther. Oh wait, wait, give me that, give me that. Wait, I gotta finish this off. Jim, Jim is about ready to pee himself, so I have to read this out loud. So. Um, Rob from Topless Robot finishes off with, admittedly, even at age 34, my head is still kind of exploding here. The clones will be $60, but don't appear to be for sale quite yet. Meanwhile, I can't help but wonder what other scents the Avengers might have. For instance, I imagine Hawkeye smelling the old spice, bowstring oil, and just being stuck in the second tier. A Black Widow perfume that smells like Scarlett Johansson's jumpsuit would probably smell... Would probably sell well, at least among perverts. <laughs> Doctor Druid's cologne would be uh, patchouli, old D and D source books, and failure. <laughs> and Spider Woman, of course, would smell like Brian Michael Bendis's ejaculate. You guys, you guys get it? You know? <laughs> you know what I say? We buy that. We all go have, and we all wear, and uh, we wear a scent on the evening of the event. Oh yes. yes. Oh my! You know what? You don't even have. What we'll do is we'll make a quick stop at Macy's and we'll get a sample of it. Ooh, very nice. Uh-huh. That actually wow. works. See, in it's not fact, just a hat no, rack. I'm <laughs> I'm still friends with the guy who owns a cologne place at my old mall. Yeah, I'll ask him, Harry. Can I have a squirt, please? Oh, fantastic! I then he'll that. make me buy it. That way, you know, that that's way, just the way he is. That way, we'll have that area of the theater all to ourselves. Well, that's the way it should be. I want the Hulk one. <laughs> All right, now moving on to the shills. Um, we got tons of stuff to talk about. I'll, I'll start because I have the book out already. Right. I'm going to be talking about uh, Leslie Nope's Pawnee, the greatest town in America, where the welcome sign is, Welcome to Pawnee, Indiana, first in friendship, fourth in obesity. <laughs> this is from um, Parks and Recreation, and Pawnee, next to Springfield on The Simpsons, could very well be the best realized fictional town in America. Well, little Sebastian alone is... Oh, little Sebastian, the, uh, the the pony that everyone loves, but Ben doesn't quite get. Um, where is the thing, though? I, ha- I have to read here about the uh, about the Sweetums. The entire town is run by a uh, candy factory called Don't Sweetums. Don't read the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to... Uh... No one can eat just one because they have drugs in them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After John Newport Jr. died of a cocaine overdose, the company fell into the hands of his, bro- his brother Albex Newport. During World War One. Albex contributed a large quantity of money to war bonds. Controversially, they were war bonds to support the German Empire. This began after a famous meeting between American business leaders and Kaiser Wilhelm II in Vienna in 1913. I looked the man in the eyes, said Albex, and I found him to be very straightforward and trustworthy. I am able to get a sense of his soul. Also, he promised me that when the war ended, I could have Denmark. <laughs> After the Treaty of Versailles was signed in 1919, Albex was to be tried for treason, but he subsequently disappeared, and heretofore unknown twin brother of his, Albus, who looks exactly like Albex but with a mustache, took the reins of the company. <laughs> his lack of the moral compass notwithstanding, Albus turned out to have a head for business, and Sweetums continued sent into uh, adding radio stations, TV stations, and newspapers to its holdings in order to counteract what had become a tidal wave of negative press. 
Um, Alvis founded a movie studio churning out slapstick comedies and Wild West adventure movies. He also made several films that were, quote, so racist they made Birth of a Nation look like Malcolm X, unquote. <laughs> in, 19, in the August of 1940, Alvis threw a lavish red carpet premiere of his first directorial effort, Gone with a Wind, which was a short, shot-for-shot remake of Gone with the Wind, except the role of Mammy, originally played by Hattie McDaniel, and her groundbreaking Oscar-winning performance was played by Albus himself in drag, fat suit, and blackface. He didn't even shave his mustache. <laughs> this is a great book. <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you got? I got, I just picked it up today and watched it, the Blu-ray of Gojira. Hmm. Um... You know, you're talking the one. I that appreciate one, the pronunciation. Yeah, you're talking the one that they would eventually like make into Godzilla, King of Monsters, with Raymond with Burr. Raymond Burr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess this has got both of them on it, but I was just watching the original Gojira. Okay. Uh, and is it Gojira? Uh, it's no, Gojira. G O J I R A. Combination of uh, the words for gorilla and I think whale. Gorilla whale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah, Kujira is well. Sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> no, throw but... its own poo and it can swim. <laughs> <laughs> well, making for a deadly combination. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, for a for a movie that eventually started a, a series of movies that became really about fat, sweaty Japanese people in rubber suits wrestling around, this one was. I mean, you can definitely tell it was an it was an allegory for the atomic weapons. Yep. Uh, it's based on it was inspired by an actual um, fishing trawler that got uh, whacked with a follow up from an H uh, from an H bomb test, yeah. huh. and all of them died on it. And I mean, it was actually a very dark, especially when Godzilla just starts walking through and totally torching all of Tor Tokyo. Yeah. And they're showing like the aftermath. You got. All these kids, you know, watching their watching their mother die in huh. front of them. Uh, you know, the doctors like measuring a little little girl like had to be five years old, and the the uh, Geiger counter is going off the charts. Huh. This is actually a very dark, it's pretty heavy, yeah, considering very heavy that the series would eventually like introduce Jet Jaguar. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you, if you get a chance, watch the original Gojira. It is really it's a really well made movie. Cool. Thank you, Adam. What do you got? Uh, Boardwalk Empire. All right. Uh, I recently started watching Boardwalk Empire. Um, if those of you don't know what it is, it's uh, it's basically the the time of prohibition, and they uh, they kind of chronicle the times of uh, Nucky Thompson, who was like the king of Atlantic City, and he was bringing in uh, Canadian whiskey into the United States. So he was kind of like the the Kingpin coming out of uh, Atlantic City. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about it. I have never watched it. I just recently got into it, and it started out strong. It, it's, it's, a, it's a really good show. If you haven't seen it, give it a try. From what I hear, it really started hitting stride at the end of the first season coming into the second. Yeah. I think there's only two seasons out there now. Yep. But, uh, right. It's pretty cool. If you're into that period of time, uh, there's a in the very first episode, they literally show... All these like elitists throwing a huge party, saying "fuck you" to Uncle Sam for outlawing alcohol, and almost like New Year's, they do a countdown, and then they just literally go nuts and just get fucking obliterated. There are people walking around the boardwalk holding their babies. 
because they're using the baby carriage to carry bottles of booze around. Ah. And apparently this is true. This, these yeah. are true things. This is like the you know historical fiction drama. And, kind and, of thing. and Nookie is actually based on a real person. Nookie. Yeah, Nookie. Nookie, yeah. sorry. Nookie. Nookie. Nookie Thompson. Based on Snooky. <laughs> anyway, cool show. Uh, get, you know, give it a look. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's worth watching. Cool. Jim, what do you got? Well, you know, mine is actually old. Um, you know, I've watched them before. I've watched the first two seasons. I would like to watch the rest of it, but, you know, I haven't watched them in a bit, but I was thinking about I kind of want to reopen them again as The Wire. Oh, yeah? Because The Wire, have you ever watched it? I've never watched it's, it. It's brilliant. I just finished the fifth season. It is brilliant. The, the, la- the very, very last gives you a summation. It's a great show. It is. It's, it's just, it's... Everybody always says, oh, this cop show's so realistic. This really is, because you don't see a ton of gunfights and stuff like that. It's all about surveillance, based on true stories from, you know, the Baltimore Police uh, yeah. Baltimore Police Department. But, it, I mean, in terms of storyline and acting and characters, it really... It might be, in my mind, HBO's best show. Could be. I don't know. I, I, I still have to watch it. Yeah, a, I've there's seen, a lot. Heard lots of there, there's five watch. seasons. Yeah. And each season, they kind of throw a different angle at it. Uh, in the fifth season, it was uh, the newspaper. So they, you know, like Jim said, it's kind of this gritty kind of uh, view from the streets, hmm. and they they do put a spin on it, and it comes from different directions. So you kind of get an idea of the way crime is kind of uh, not only in you know. Not only the way you know it goes down, but also the way it's kind of interpreted by the people, by the government, by the police. Yeah, uh, it it's awesome. Huh. Every season is just like you can't wait for the next one. And the at the end, the final episode, literally, they took the time, and it's it's a long episode. It's like two hours long. They gave you a, a kind of a, a conclusion for all the main characters. Huh. They literally did like a step through all these people and. Some good, some bad. Yeah. But uh, it, it was it, it wasn't a, a conclusion where you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I watched yeah. for five seasons and this is what you did. Like it was actually a really good conclusion. Oh, they all ended up it? in a snow globe in some autistic kid's yeah. mind. <laughs> They're all locked up in one jail cell. No, but uh, it was a Dominic West performance and uh, Idris El- uh, Idris Elba's performances yeah. are, are you know. Very noteworthy. You know, I heard his his real accent for the first time. I know he's British. It, not only is he British, he's like thug. Hey. He's like thug. To British, die so. on Luther, or hi to yeah. find. Well, yeah, exactly. Thick. Then I had some chips. Um. Yeah. So anyway, moving on to episode sixty one, coming up in a few weeks. Guess what's coming up, gentlemen? On February nineteenth, The Simpsons will air its five hundredth episode. Is that a lot? That's quite possibly the longest American animated show ever. It's the animated? longest running uh, ser- uh, t- television show. Longer than Sesame Street? Not no, no, no. Not in terms of um, a pri- prime no, time, prime it's, time. Like, it's oh. the longest. It's the longest running scripted prime time television show in the history of television. Yeah, 90. 1990. 1990. I I oh, work with. Um, that's when the Christmas special was, and then they launched the series officially began in ninety. Oh boy. <laughs> I actually work with people that have no memory of life without The Simpsons. So we're going to be uh, counting down as best we can in a small time frame um, our favorite episodes. Not going to happen. This is it's going to be. It's probably going it to be a two-parter. It's it might be a two-parter. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah. Well, Adam doesn't like The Simpsons, so I don't know right. if he'll be in on this one. 
So nice. I think we, nice. I think we have an idea with what we're going to be working on, but obviously we want to hear your input as well for The Simpsons. Uh, so your favorite characters, um, your favorite episodes, uh, your least favorite characters, feel free. Uh, you get to us at uh, geeksalad at yahoo.com. You can like our Facebook page, Geek Salad. You can uh, check us out on Twitter, at Geek Salad Radio. Um, check out our archives uh, using either the Stitcher app on your smartphone. Check out the, ar- the iTunes archive uh, using keyword Geek Salad. Or check us out on our website, www.geeksalad.podbean.com, where we'll also be posting up some uh, cool stuff from today's episode, and including our trailers and whatnot. And Roosevelt yes. Franklin. And Roosevelt Franklin. Of course, I'm not going to forget Roosevelt Franklin. I'll owe him a plate of string beans if I don't. (laughs) So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Adam. I'm Jim. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you soon. educational? Yes, it'll drive people to read books.